0: Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. Victory Church, we serve the risen Savior. You are blessed. Everybody, go ahead and turn to the book of Second Kings in the Old Testament. Second Kings chapter 18. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Your will be done in this service, Lord, and I just ask for your anointing. I ask that this message goes out and it encourages many people, Lord. We rebuke despair and discouragement and fear and anxiety and depression, Lord. Thank You that we just fall in love with You, Lord, that we fall deeper in love with You than ever before. We love You and praise You. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, Amen. So uh, today, Victory Life, we're going to talk about another hopeless situation. Um, A few weeks ago, we started a little study about King Jehoshaphat and how he was in a hopeless situation and how if you trust in God and you praise God through your storm, guess what? God's going to get you through it. And so we're going to continue along those same lines. We're going to talk about uh, good King Hezekiah, one of my favorite kings in the Old Testament. And I just want to encourage everybody, um, whether you're part of this church or you just happen to uh, come across this message somewhere, um, get into the uh, book of First and Second Kings. Check it out. It is so rich and there's just a lot of exciting stuff. You will not be disappointed and you will see God's faithfulness. Just like if you grab any book in the Bible and you read through it, you're going to see how your God is faithful. Amen. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you can hear my voice, don't let this day... Pass before you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I know we live in crazy times right now and I just want to tell you that you can get through this by giving it all by trusting in the name of the Lord. Give your heart to Jesus today. Okay so we're going to be in 2nd Kings chapter 18 and we're going to start at verse 17 beloved and what we got going on here is the nation of Israel has split into two kingdoms. We got the Israel and then we got Judah. Okay and King Sennacherib of the Assyrians has been conquering kingdoms left and right. And now he's turned his focus on little Judah. Okay, so at this point, um, the king of Assyria has detached some ambassadors, some emissaries, to come talk to Judah and to let them know, hey, we're, we're not right around the block, we are here. And we're going to take over, buddy. We're here to still kill and destroy. So that's where we're going to start the story, right there at the city walls between uh, Sennacheribs, Assyrian dignitaries and uh, some is- uh, some Judeans. Second Kings eighteen and verse seventeen, and the king of Assyria sent the Tartan and the Rab Saris. These are uh, military commanders, and the Rab Sheka. He is like the. Uh, the official cupbearer of the king. Okay, and he's also along for this ride because he is like the linguist. Okay, so we got two big, big dog military commanders. We got the king's cupbearer from Assyria coming to the city walls of Jerusalem. And the king of Assyria sent the Tartan and the Saris and the Shekah with the great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah. So it's not just these three guys coming to talk to the king of Judah. Not just, not just three dudes, but they brought a big, massive army with them. Okay, so this is, this is another one of those hopeless situations in the natural. If you were walking along the city wall in Jerusalem and you saw this massive army, you might get a little freaked out. You might get a little scared. Okay, okay, let's continue. A great army from Lachish. So what we got going on is the Assyrians have conquered all types of stuff, and now they're in Judah. And they were on the outskirts of Judah, but not anymore. Boom. They're at the wall. They're at the city wall of Jerusalem. At Jerusalem, and they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they arrived, they came and stood by the conduct of the upper pool, which is on the highway to the washer's field. So this is just a little geographic area. We can see where the army of the Assyrians has parked and they got a nice water supply. Everybody knows that you got to feed your army. You got to have a water supply. Well, guess what? The Assyrians got everything they need right there at the city wall. So they're, they're hunkered down for a big, massive siege if that's what they got to do. And they're right here at the wall. Verse 18. And when they called for the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, and the Rab Rabshakeh said to them, okay, we got three Judean guys on the city wall, meeting three Assyrian guys down there at the city wall, but the Assyrians bought a massive army along for the ride. Okay, so let's see what's going to happen here. And Rab Rabshakeh, that's the cupbearer, dude, that's the linguist, okay, Say to Hezekiah, or say to the king of Judah, Thus says the great king. In other words, tell your little measly king what the great king has to say. Pass this along to your boss. Okay, I come representing the big boss. And the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, saw himself as a deity himself. And he he has experienced and enjoyed a lot of conquest. But things are about to change. Can I get a witness up in this? Thank you, Jesus. Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you rest this trust of yours? And that's the, that's the question I want to ask everybody out there. What are, what are you resting on? What are you putting your hope in? What are you putting your trust in? Okay, there's a lot of things that we can trust in, but nothing's going to hold water in the end, okay? Except for the name of the Most High God. We've got to trust in the Lord. Everything else is going to be a dead end, okay? So here comes the question. Judeans, King Hezekiah, who are you trusting in? How come you stop paying us our money every month? What's going on? Why do you want to mess with us? Okay, is it, and, and as we continue along in the text, um, these dignitaries are saying, what you want to, you, you think we can come to an agreement with all these words? You think we can figure something out? You think we're going to be able to come to some sort of financial arrangement? Not going to happen. We happen to bring this big army with us. Okay, those days are over. Oh, maybe you're trusting in Egypt. Because uh, Judah did have this, uh, uh, had this uh, alliance with Egypt at the time, and you think you're going to trust in Egypt? You think Egypt's going to be there for you? You think Egypt is strong enough to come against Assyria? So the Assyrians are just letting the Judeans have it, okay? Now keep in mind, the Assyrians brought this massive army with them from right down the road, and they got more right down the road, okay? And the Judeans, who are on the city wall... Um, are now surrounded by a bunch of Judeans who are like, hey, what's the commotion? What's going on? What's going on down here? What's the talking about? Where'd this big army come from? So there's hordes of civilians are gathering around. So guess what? Fear is very contagious, and fear can get out of hand. So let's just continue. Let's see what happens. The great king of Assyria, on what do you rest this trust of yours? You think we're going to come to some agreement? You think Egypt's going to be there? Oh, you guys are a religious lot. You guys uh, worship that, uh, that, that invisible God. Are you putting your trust in him? Okay, so let's pick that up in verse 22. 2 Kings 18 and verse 22. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed? Hezekiah is the king of Judah whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? So here's the deal, man. The Assyrians do not understand what's going on in Judah. They ain't got it quite figured out. Okay, because when Hezekiah came into power in Judah, idol worship was running rampant in Judah, just like it was across the border over in Israel. But when Hezekiah came to power, he said, No, my nation is going to worship the one true God. So Hezekiah made it his business to tear down all the places where people would worship these false gods. So if you did not know what was going on in Judah, you would think, Hey, Hezekiah is probably making his God mad because he's going around tearing all these places down for worship. Those places were not places of worship for the one true God. These were places of worship for false gods, for demons, for idols. Okay. Hezekiah had decided, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to devote ourselves to the Lord. We're going to stay on that track. Okay, so the Assyrians, they might just be thinking here, you know, one thing that gives us the upper hand over the Judeans, because they do have a God, and the Judean God is very powerful, but I know that they've probably upset that God by tearing down his places of worship and saying you can only worship in the temple in Jerusalem. No, that is what, how worship was prescribed. That's where God wanted them to worship. Can I get a witness? So what we have here is we have a nation that has set its sights back on following the Lord. Now listen to what I just said. These people are devoted to the Most High God. They love God. But here comes a crazy situation. Here comes a situation, just like we've been talking about for several weeks now, a situation that could be completely hopeless. These are good godly folks, man. Just because you're a Christian does not mean everything's going to be smooth-selling, okay? But what it does mean is that your God will be with you every step of the way. Can I get a witness? Give them some praise. Thank you, Jesus. So maybe their God, which is a powerful God, the Judeans got a powerful God, done a lot of good things, crazy things, mighty things, but he's probably upset with them, you know? they done messed all these places of worship up. No, just because you're going through a hard time right now and we're all going through some sort of trial. You know, we do have this big COVID-19 thing going on. And, you know, a lot of people are dealing with financial issues and physical issues and just sign on the dotted line. We're all going through something and we're going through a pretty difficult time. That doesn't mean God's mad at you. But what it does mean, like with this story with Judah, God is shaking up his people. God wants His people to trust in Him. God wants His people to cry out to Him. God wants His people to grow in relationship with Him. So when things are nice and peaceful and calm, guess what? Sometimes we don't, we don't seek the Lord like we do during hard times. So sometimes God likes to shake things up a little bit to get His people riled up. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, okay? Okay? But thank goodness, thank the good Lord, that we put our trust, we put our hope in the most high God, just like the Judeans. Amen? Yes. Second Kings eighteen, verse twenty eight. Then Rab Shaka, that's the cupbearer guy, he's the he's the one doing the translating for the Assyrian generals. Then the Rab stood and called out in a loud voice, in the language of Judah. Okay. Let me fill you guys in on what's going on right here. There's this big discussion going on the city walls between Judah and the Assyrian army. And people have gathered all over the city wall to check out what's going on. And so the dignitaries from Judah, they're saying, hey, guys, check it out. We speak your language. We know what you're saying. So why don't you just talk to us in your home language, Assyrians? It's cool. Just talk to us in that language right there. And so the Assyrians are like, "Nope, ain't going to do it, man. Because we want to scare you. We don't just want to scare you. We don't just want to scare the king. We want to scare all these people that are listening on the wall so they can go out and run home and and bring that fear into their house and let it spread like wildfire. Because Satan loves to work in fear, man. And fear is twice as contagious as any virus. Can I get a witness? So here's the deal, man. They say, please, pretty please, can you just talk to us in your language? And so the Assyrians, with a loud voice where everyone can hear, they begin to, they continue to talk in the Jewish language, in the Hebrew language. Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Hey, everybody, check it out, man. I'm going to give you a message from the big king, not your little tiny king, okay, And and Assyria, the king of Assyria, elevated himself to like a deity. And we all know that's not true. He was just a man like anybody else. Okay, but here's the deal. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Okay. Listen, don't waste your time, folks. All right. Why don't you come on out here? We'll treat you nicely. All right. All right. Just come on, climb over the fence, climb over the gate, come on out. We'll treat you nicely. We'll be nice and merciful to you. Don't think for a second that your king is going to be able to take care of you. So that's the message going out. And one of the things that uh, um, the uh, Assyrian dignitary says is like, hey, you know what? Check this out, guys. Um, This is what's going to happen to you folks. If you don't surrender, you're going to be forced to eat your own poo-poo and drink your own pee-pee. So why don't you come on over here? Why don't you come on over here and surrender? That's some pretty scary nonsense, right? Yeah. Okay. So anyways, thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. And we might look at our situation. Yeah, this is a bad situation these guys are in. There's no denying that. Okay. Nobody likes to think about, man, uh, I don't want to get starved. I don't want to get so hungry. I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. Um, These guys are in a bad situation, hopeless situation in the natural. The Assyrians are tough guys. The Assyrians have been conquering kingdoms left and right. And now they're not just in Judah. They're not just at Lachish. They are at Jerusalem, at the city walls right there where the king is, where the temple is. Things are getting crazy. Things are getting hairy. You might look at your situation and say, man, you know what? My situation ain't looking so good. And maybe in the natural it's not. Maybe the doctor told you something that you don't want to hear. Maybe he told you something really, really serious. But see, we trust in the name of the Most High God. And our God can do all things. Luke one thirty-seven says for nothing, absolutely nothing, for nothing is impossible with God. So if you're dealing with an impossible situation, you need to trust in the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. He is our hope. He is our strong tower. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. Okay, verse 30. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely deliver us and this city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. I want to read Psalm 20 and verse 7. So these Assyrian dignitaries are like saying, don't fool yourself, guys. You need to go ahead and surrender while the getting's good, man. You need to just come on over here. Okay? Because we don't lose battles. Okay? Let's read Psalm 20 and verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. This is a familiar verse for the congregation of Victory Life Church. This is a verse that we read from time to time. But it's a verse that we've got to take and put it in our heart. Because this is what we need to do. We can trust in chariots, we can trust in horses, or we can trust in military might. We can trust in our government to take care of us. And that's okay, okay? But anybody and everybody can let you down. And we have problems that are a lot bigger than your government. We have problems a lot bigger than our military sometimes. But what I'm saying is we serve the one true God who will never leave us or forsake us. And He can deliver. So I'm going to put my trust in Him. That's what we have to do. Can I get a witness? Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we, God's people, but we, Victory Life Church, God's people, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. All right? Things are getting crazy. Things aren't even getting better really sometimes, man. But God is faithful. Amen. God's going to work it out. God promises a good result. A good result. So I'm going to hang on to the Lord. I'm going to trust in his promises. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 100 and verse 5. For the Lord is good. This is a common verse too. This, is, this isn't new to us. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. What a wonderful true statement. I'm talking about trusting in the Lord. The Assyrian army is telling me I'm going to have to eat poo-poo and drink pee-pee, telling me it's a hopeless situation, but I'm trusting in God. Amen? I'm putting my trust in the Most High God, and my God is good. My God is good. My God is faithful. Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever. What a wonderful, awesome promise. My God is faithful to me, right here in the middle of the storm. Okay, he was faithful when everything was peachy. He was faithful when everything was smooth sailing. And even though now I'm going through a difficult time, man, my God is still faithful. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I love that part right there, Victory Life. I love that, that part because God was faithful to his people in the past and he didn't let them down. Okay, he, he's not going to start letting me down now. My God has always been faithful and committed to his people. He's going to stay committed. And he'll be committed to your kids as well. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So what we have here is this uh, conversation on the city walls between some Assyrian bigwigs and some Judean bigwigs. And the Assyrians brought their army with them, a big fancy army. And the city walls are getting filled up with Judean onlookers. 2 Kings 18 and verse 33. Okay? Continuing the discussion. The Assyrian guy talking to all the people on the city walls. Take this information back to your homes. Take it back to your places of work. Take it back to Burger King. Take it back to Taco Bell. Let everybody hear about it, man. Okay, things are changing. There's a new sheriff in town. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Okay. That's that's an honest question. That's a good question. Judean folks... Look back. Has anybody been able to defeat the Assyrians? Has their God that they sacrificed to, that they prayed to, has he been able to deliver them? Okay, so what makes you think you're so special? Okay, well, we know the answer to that. Because we belong to, we, we serve the same God that these people serve right here. That same God that we can put our trust in because he is faithful. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We might go through some crazy, scary times but we can have peace, we can have joy, because we know that my God's going to get me through to the other side. This is just another example about how God is faithful and God will get you through impossible things. We've got to put our trust in him. Can I get a witness? Has any, has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharium henna and Iva, have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? So, cupbearer guy, linguist guy, speaking for the emperor, speaking for the king cherub of Assyria, saying, Look at all these nations, man. They were easy pickings for us. And look at your neighbors. Look at your relatives across the way over there. Look at Israel. Look at Samaria. Okay? You guys serve the same God, don't you? Don't you both serve the same God? Well, that God didn't protect them from us. So what do you think is going to happen to you guys? Big difference right now between what's going on in Judah and what was going on in Israel. Israel was conquered by Assyria. That's, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. But see, Israel, Samaria was hardcore into idol worship. And God kept pleading with them, man, come back to me, come back to the one true God. They refused to do it. So God used Assyria to judge Israel, to bring them back to that place of repentance. Okay, but now as Assyria turns its eyes towards Judah, this is a whole different ball of wax right here because Hezekiah has tore down the high places. He had torn down the false idols and all that stuff. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their, de- delivered their lands out of my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? Same thing. What makes you think you're different? Well, the simple fact of the matter is, is Christians are different, man. We're different than the rest of the world because we belong to a true God. We belong to a living God. We've, we've been bought at a price. We're not our own. Our God can do all things. And our God says, I'm going to take this nasty, crazy situation you're in, you're in and I'm going to work it out for something good. Amen. Amen? So here's the deal. Got this big discussion at the wall. A series like, who are you going to trust in? You think your God's going to deliver you? We've never met a God that could stand up against our king. Well, they're about to have a rude awakening because they're about to go head-to-head with the one true God. Okay, now I want to read Matthew 7 and verse 24. During these crazy times, beloved, we've got to put our trust in the name of the Most High God. You can put your trust in your bank account. That might help you out for a bit. You might be able to put your trust in your insurance company. That might help you out for a bit. You might be all jacked up right now because you got your Donald Trump money in the mail. Okay, well that might help you out for a little bit. But looky here. There's only one thing that will always be there for you that will never leave you or forsake you during the hardest times of your life. Okay, I'm talking about building your life on that sure foundation. Hezekiah got serious about this nonsense when, when he became the king. And he's like, my nation is going to serve the one true God. And it's a good thing that he was devoted to that before this storm came along, before this invading army came along. Okay, so here we are in the middle of a mess, but guess what, guys? We serve a faithful God. And if you haven't been serious about your relationship with the Lord, it's time to get serious. We live in crazy times, but our God is faithful. Our God wants us to have peace. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be like your neighbor. Not that your neighbor's fearful. I don't even know your neighbor. Okay, everyone then, thank you Jesus, Matthew 7 and verse 24, this is Jesus right here. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. You want to be like a wise man? You want to be a wise person, Brother James? You want to be a wise person, Rachel? Okay, this is what you want to do, guys. You want to get into the Word of God, you want to read the Word of God, but don't just read the Word of God, be obedient to the Word of God. Amen. That's where the blessing is. We want to read the word of God. We want to stand on the word of God. And we want to be obedient to the word of God. Everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What's cool about rock, man? Rocks are strong, man. Rocks are strong. And the rain fell. You feel like there's a little bit of rain coming down in your life right now? Well, thank goodness, Christians. Thank goodness, Victory Life Church. Your foundation is the rock. Your foundation is the one true God. Because everything else can be falling around you. But you know what? Your God is faithful. He's committed. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to be with you through the whole situation. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house. But guess what? The house was still there in the morning. The house was still there when the rain stopped. And guess what? The rains will come back again. The winds will come back again. But if you built on that rock, you're going to be all right. So our foundation has got to be on that rock. Our foundation has got to be on Jesus. We've got to put our trust in Jesus. Doesn't matter what the newsman says, doesn't matter what your grandmammy said. Okay, we're trusting in the Most High God. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell. Yeah, that happens. And the floods came. Yeah, that happens. And the winds blew. Yep. And beat on the house, but it did not fall. How, well, how come the house didn't fall, man? Was it up to uh, proper uh, codes for the area? But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Okay. That's got to be our foundation, guys. The Most High God. Everything else can be falling down around you, but our God is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, I love you all very much. I want to encourage everybody. All this week, spend more time in the Word. Don't just read the Word, but meditate on the Word. Don't just read the Word, meditate on the Word, think about it, and be obedient to that Word. Let's spend time in the Bible this week. Read the Psalms, read the Gospels, get into that Word. you got the time to do it right now. Spend time in that Word, all right? Get into that habit. Push through. Make yourself do it, and pretty soon you'll love to be spending time in the Bible. Spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer every single day. Victory Life Church, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for our government. Pray for revival throughout the world. Pray for God's will to be done. This is a serious time, and I do not want us to get complacent or happy with the new norm that we're in right here, okay? Let's, let's be about our Father's business. We have awesome opportunities right now to witness, to spread the love of Jesus, to show the lost and dying world that, hey, you can get through this, that there's a way you can get through this. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Everybody out there, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that, okay? We've all fallen short. We've all broken God's laws, okay? We're all sinners. And you need a Savior, You need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. You need to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Father God, we love you and we praise you, Lord. Father, thank you that you are doing mighty things in this land, that you are waking your people up, Lord, that we're excited, Lord. We're excited about what you're doing in this time, Lord. Let us not be complacent, but let us be about your business, and let us hunger and thirst for righteousness, and let us desire to grow in relationship with you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more. And may God bless you.